Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Chabalu. Raj, the Lakers and Celtics are still tied at 17 titles. All is well. And now there is a rumor that the Lakers are uh, trying to upgrade their point guard position. So how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. It feels like the real season is here. Our season ended like in February. I sure, mean, I'm not sure. really sure when, when they started to quit. So it's nice to actually feel involved now. Like we're, you know, we're part of this, the, the uh, news discussion where we're actually, we actually matter now. Yeah, this is a silly season is definitely when Lakers fans are at their best. And uh, when we have the most fun here at Silver Screen Roll, definitely. Um, I would argue that our season ended in January back when we stopped winning back-to-back games, but this is not the time for that. Uh, There have been reports that the Nets are unwilling to offer Kyrie Irving the maximum contract extension or a new maximum contract that he could be eligible for should he choose to opt out of his current contract. And with Kyrie Irving, who is just about the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The most difficult to figure out superstar in the NBA. His motivations are as complicated as anybody's in the league. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't really know what he wants, where he wants to play, if he wants to play, how much he wants to play. None of those things are really clear to me. Uh, What is clear is that the Nets do not view him as a full max player. And considering that he played maybe 30% of the season last year, Mm-hmm. Um, and has been alternately hurt through much of his Nets career so far. I can understand mm-hmm. their trepidation of giving him that kind of money as he, you know, hits the other side of 30. The Lakers, sure. on the other hand, uh, do not like their current point guard. I think that's pretty clear, despite Darvin Ham's best efforts during his opening press conference that Russell Westbrook was in attendance for. And they don't like Kendrick Nunn. Is that what you're saying? Sabrina? Is Kendrick Nunn a point guard? I don't even know what he is. <laughs> well, let me see him play in this like decade and I'll give you some opinions on what I think of Kendrick Nunn, Um, but uh, the rumor, you know, via Shams, via Woj is that the Lakers are emerging as contenders to try to acquire Kyrie Irving services from the Nets to bring him to Los Angeles, to reunite him with LeBron James and the three straight finals they went to in Cleveland, the one title that they won together. Just first things first. Let's start with the fun part of this, actually. Uh, would you be interested in Kyrie Irving on the Lakers? Yes. Would I be interested in... So I people are acting like this is Lou Williams coming out on the market. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, this is Kyrie freaking Irving. And I totally understand. We've spoke a lot about how both of us, I think, would go the depth route, right? Like, you mm-hmm. would go trade with Charlotte, get Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre, you know, whoever they would bring in. Well, Mason Plumlee. Mason Conley, <laughs> yes. But the exception to me, Sabrina, is if you can get a superstar, and Kyrie Irving is obviously a superstar that comes with a lot of baggage on him. You don't know his his intentions like you talked about. But to me, this is a bet on Darvin Ham, the culture that you're bringing in. This is a bet on LeBron James. Anthony Davis and Kyrie have talked about playing on that team that plays in Boston. But uh, I think Anthony Davis's father kind of came into that. <laughs> I dove into Kyrie Irving film, and everybody knows how Kyrie Irving plays, of, of course. I've been begging Serena to get a pull-up jump shooter to pair with Anthony Davis for the last three years. I was hoping Dennis Schroeder can be that. He was not. His jump shot's too slow. Kyrie Irving this season still shot 43.5% on pull-up three-pointers. 43.5%. Nobody on our team that played real minutes shot over 34%. That player was LeBron James. I think both of us agree. If LeBron's your best pull-up jump shooter, you, you don't have, have any spacing. Yeah. You don't you don't have an offense really that can that can function. So yes, I would be interested. Obviously, there's caveats. Kyrie Irving needs to be you know invested in whatever. But I don't know how. Like it's Kyrie freaking Irving. It's not you know this is 
He averages 27 a game in his sleep if he cares about basketball. He had 39 in game one against Boston. I think people lose that because obviously his shooting went up and down. He had 39 in game one. he gambled on Jason Tatum on the final possession, (laughs) allowing Boston to win that game. (laughs) Exactly, yes. This dude is still a legit basketball player. I mean, he shot 44% on pull-up threes where he was a halftime player, no no real training camp. I mean, it's I go back and forth, the depth or Kyrie, but I think it's a legit discussion, don't you? I think the three-star versus two-plus depth discussion is obviously very interesting, and it uh-huh. is important that those three stars complement one another and that they are available, because if one of them is not available, then all of a sudden you have a very limited yes. roster, which is what we discovered last year. Um, one that I don't think the third star was really superstar anymore, and you know, was availability was obviously a huge problem, and the fit, let's not even get into the fit anymore, but... I have spent months just promoting the fact that Malik Monk is the best pick and roll guard that the Lakers have given Anthony Davis in the last three years that he's been on the Lakers. And I say pick and roll guard because I don't really consider LeBron James a guard. Obviously LeBron runs a mean pick and roll, but literally the only guard that we've had that could capably run pick and roll with Anthony Davis is Malik Monk and Kyrie Irving substantially better than Malik Monk. Uh, That being said, I have been in the Kyrie Irving business for much longer than most NBA fans. Okay. I was watching film of this guy before he got to Duke. Uh, okay. I attended Duke at the same time as Kyrie Irving and Lord knows I hold very deep affections for all the blue devils in the NBA. Not so much for Kyrie Irving. Okay. So when I was in college, Kyrie had just an incredible start to his Duke season. First eight games, best player in the country, arguably uh, looked like, you know, Duke was on track to repeat after winning the 2010 title. He looked, looked amazing. Um, national mm-hmm. TV showcase in uh, the Meadowlands at the time, I believe, against the Butler team that had just, you know, played Duke in the yeah. national championship the year before. He was, he was doing great things. He injures his foot. And then, from what I understand, makes no real attempt to rehab over the course of the season. Okay. Does not show up for his mandated rehab appointments. Let's body fat get out of control doesn't exactly show any enthusiasm to return to the court until it becomes clear like oh I could still go number one in the draft people see me back on the court all right so let's just say that the motivations of Kyrie Irving have not exactly been team-centric for a very long time all right as as I have experienced Kyrie Irving okay it has not been the most team-friendly player now even saying all of that the Russell Westbrook that we got last year regardless of whether he was trying to play for the team or not, was not very successful at benefiting the team, right? So I understand that just fit-wise, it makes so much more sense to have a player like Kyrie Irving instead of Russell Westbrook, assuming that those are the parameters of the trade that would you know, bring Kyrie to Los Angeles. I just I can't get on board having to watch this guy play again, <laughs> like having to root for this guy. I appreciate, you know, he's he's done some very nice things for... Uh, underserved communities around the country. Like uh, he paid WMB players salaries when they opted out of the bubble. You know, he's funded some water wells in Pakistan. Like he's, he's done some very nice things. He also just seems like a maddening guy to have to have on your team for 82 games of the season. Is he going to be available for 82 games of the season? Hardly. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I have very complicated feelings about the man that is Kyrie Irving. And it's incredibly hard for me to separate those from the basketball player. Uh, Raj, I need you to talk to me more about the basketball fit of this. Co-host. Okay. Well, before, I, before I get into the basketball fit, because I've heard the other side of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, you should go to Charlotte, get the Charlotte deal. And I totally get that. 
But again, Gordon Hayward played less games, I believe, than Kyrie did last season. I think, or he played close to it or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, or play 40 games, whatever it is. He comes with his own injury history as Absolutely. well. And then and then you're left with Kelly Oubre, who I think comes from the Ken Bazemore School of Basketball play. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you get, you know, whatever, whoever you get in that Charlotte deal. And then uh, Indiana, you get Malcolm Brogdon, also injury concerns. Like, there's no perfect deal out here. So if you can get the talent gap to become what it would be if it was LeBron, AD, and Kyrie, just like, I mean, Sabrina, last year we – put the ball in Austin Reeves hand because we didn't have ball handlers, you know, because, and we were trying to get Russ off the ball. Cause you know, when he's on the ball, he's becomes just a volume shooter. So we tried mm-hmm. to put him off the ball. We had no one who could dribble. Like you put Kyrie Irving where you, you talked about Malik Monk, put Kyrie in the advantageous situations that Malik Monk was getting. Are you kidding me? LeBron AD running a pick roll on one side. KCP was dominating finals games because of that kind of space. You, you put guy like Kyrie Irving who has every move in the, in the book. And I think Kyrie as a number two is still questionable. There were like 11 games, I believe, where Kyrie Harden and KD played. Mm-hmm. And that looked like hell, like that just defensively. And again, you saw it for like a glimpse, but I think the basketball is beautiful. AD, I don't know, you can create a better pick and roll partner for AD than Kyrie Irving as a pull-up jump shooter who would find him, who I think those two have some kind of chemistry. LeBron and Kyrie have won a title together already. So Does I mean, Kyrie throw good lobs? It can't be worse than we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way it could be worse. Throwing, I he was throwing lobs that to anyone Mazda. can throw a lob to Anthony Davis, and yet we saw that that was not the case. Like <laughs> AD getting in Dennis Schroeder's face for not throwing him lobs when he was able to throw him Drummond or Damian Jones. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, pick, not just pick and roll. Kyrie can shoot. He's a forty percent three point shooter. So, um, and again, the pull up three I think just changes everything you can do. I, we just have not had a guard that can score around this team. Um, so I think it would just be an amazing fit. But I know all those concerns are there. I understand. I just. I don't think there's a perfect deal out there. I mean, I don't know. We saw Jeremy Grant go for nothing like a couple <laughs> minutes ago, but I mean, I'm, I'm, that, that gives me a little bit of hope. But uh, yeah, I just see these deals out there. I mean, if you can get the talent gap, that would be those three. I think that would be the best offensive trio in the league. Am I going too far? Have I watched too much Kyrie Irving tape? Um, to, I mean, to, I would still that. take like Steph Clay and insert a third person. But <laughs> Okay. It's close. You're saying it's, it's... a conversation? <laughs> I mean... The fact that Russell Westbrook contributed like literally nothing of significance on the defensive side makes me accept the fact that like you're not going to have anything defensively when you get Kyrie Irving. That's fine. Like, you know, sure. you weren't getting anything out of that position last year. The offensive mm-hmm. upgrade would be just so monumental that you'd have to do it. Um, the basketball fit makes a lot of sense. Like, I mean, we saw LeBron, Kyrie and Kevin Love together and it is better than Kevin Love. Like I hope so. respect to I... Kevin Love. Anthony Davis is a better player. He has not been healthy, obviously. He has not been able to prove that he's a better player than Kevin Love over the last two seasons. Uh, maybe just the last season and a half, let's say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on paper, you put this roster together in like NBA Jam or something, or not NBA Jam, because like that's a two-on-two game, but like you put this roster in like NBA 2K and it makes a lot of sense. It obviously makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. I mean, the, the depth problems are going to exist whether or not you have Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook. If you're going to have a third star, it's obviously better for that star to be Kyrie Irving than Russell Westbrook. I think we can agree on that, regardless of how I feel about Mr. Irving. I still think that I would prefer the two plus depth model. Sure. Um, just because of our guys are getting older and you're probably going to have to sign a lot of players who have limited skill sets because of what's available on the free agency market and the financial tools that the Lakers have at their disposal. Uh, so if it were, you know, between getting a third guy and like Death. splitting mm-hmm. Russ into smaller contracts, you know, like 
Kuzma, KCP, and Montrezl Harrell or something. Uh, <laughs> I would prefer uh, the depth that. route. Um, but the fact is, if it were to be a third star, I mean, I don't, I don't think Bradley Beal is available. So no. like, th- this is the guy. This is the third star who you'd have to get who would make this system work. Well, let, let me ask you though, is is it isn't this kind of why you would get someone like Darvin Ham? I mean, if you look at Kyrie, who he's played before he got here, I mean Brad Stevens, who was fired upward. I think I'm not really sure how that went, but he's now in a front office uh doing, well, I think. doing doing extremely well. But I mean, just not the best, I guess, manager of personalities. I think that was part of a reason that he was kind of let go. And Steve Nash, obviously, I think a lot of Net fans have concerns about Steve Nash. We just Kyrie Irving seems to have no respect for Steve Nash. I gotta tell him. <laughs> You said it a lot more plainly than I did, but uh, I went a roundabout away by saying that. But uh, and then we just took their offensive coordinator. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know Kyrie's relationship with him. Um, but but yeah. And so like if you can if you believe in Darvin Ham and you believe in the culture that he's about to set, this is kind of stuff that you can do. I think like this is why you get a coach that you know speaks the way he that to be able to get the culture that he does. Mm-hmm. LeBron and Kyrie obviously have been texting or talking or however superstars communicate these have days. Have seemingly rectified their relationship since Kyrie asked out in 2017. Yes. I think Kyrie's also made like public statements, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if you could go back, he would change some things or or something like that. And him, him and AD have had, uh, I think, previous conversations. So yeah, I, they've I played think, together internationally too. Right, right. So yeah. I still think this is a super long shot. Um, I'm just happy to talk about this because I'm not sure when I'll ever be able to talk about Kyrie Irving as a possibility for the Lakers um, in his uh, in his prime. I think he's still I think still think Kyrie. I think Irving's it's fair it. to consider him in his prime because uh, yeah, he still gets to the basket like as gracefully as he used to. So I yeah, and he's, a, he's a skill based player, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't rely super on athleticism. Takes tough shots. Takes some some bad shot selection, but. As your third guy, like Kyrie freaking Irving as the guy attacking third, you have to put your third best defender on Kyrie Irving. Like that's a that's an absurd thing to think about. And my thing, like even with the Charlotte deal, even with the Indiana deal, you're still going to have a ton of minimums. Austin Reeves, you can laugh Kendrick Nunn and Taylor Horton Tucker like that. Those unless you move those two for something. Is Taylor Horton Tucker worth more than a 2025 first round pick from Milwaukee? I'm not not 100 percent sure. <laughs> so like. That's that's gonna be your team plus. They a also bunch of moved minimums. up ten spots in the second round. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still gonna have a rely on a lot of minimums, a lot of second round picks. So if you can get the legit third store and you get Kyrie Irving to promise to buy in, which I don't know how much you'll believe in July, but uh, but still, like if you can get that, I think I think that's a I think that's a legit play for next season. Yeah, Darvin Ham does seem closest to Ty Lu, who is the coach who got the best out of Kyrie Irving. Um, I'm not going to sure. put him on that pedestal yet, obviously, because I think very highly of Ty Lu, and he has won a lot of games as a head coach in the NBA. Um, yeah. If there were uh you're right, this is why you hire a guy like Darvin Ham to create a culture um, to demand accountability from stars because he's been around stars for so long. He's had success, albeit as an assistant, but like the people that came to bat for him, when he was hired as the Lakers heads coach, like that list was impressive. So I understand that that's why you invest in a head coach like Darvin Ham. But let's talk about the, the feasibility of this. Though. So we've, we've established that Kyrie Irving the coming to Los over. Angeles, right? <laughs> I, I think the basketball fit makes sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's not a perfect player by any means, right? The Lakers would ha- still have to figure out some perimeter reinforcements on defense. But again, that is a problem that they already have. It's not a new problem that is created by the acquisition of Kyrie Irving. It is an existing problem that would still exist while they just fix a lot of their offensive struggles. 
But like mathematically, right? Salary-wise, the only way this works is if the Nets decide that they are willing to take on Russell Westbrook's contract or they route a three-team deal where somebody eats Russell Westbrook's contract and then other assets go to Brooklyn. I don't really see how that works because if you're having a third team take on Russell Westbrook's deal, then don't you have to send the assets there to make them eat the contract? And then what do the Nets get for giving up Kyrie Irving? Like a giant trade exception. I don't, I don't really see what's happening there. So logically, I think the only way this works is if it's Irving for Westbrook and picks, right. Or am I missing something? Is there another way that you see this happening? Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's a way where I think I saw somewhere where like, OKC gets Russ, they get like one of our first and then Brooklyn gets one of our first. And then, uh, and then, and then uh, we, you know, there's some players going back and forth. I think Taylor Horn Tucker's somewhere in that as well. Um, and I think that, I think that's the only, that's the way it works. You don't think Kyrie Irving's taking our taxpayer mid-level? Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> saw that as a possibility. That is not a possibility, by the way. There's no way Kyrie Irving's coming for $6 million to come play for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, that's the only way if, uh, if there's a three-team deal there. I still think it's highly unlikely I think Kyrie Irving has to go into their front office and say, trade me to the Lakers or I walk, I guess. Uh, Kyrie Irving's crazy enough, I guess, to be the one to be like. You might be able passed- to take the walk threat seriously. <laughs> I mean, they said that he passed up, I think, 17 million or something by mm-hmm. not taking the vaccine um, last year in which, I mean, the Nets eventually caved. So, I mean, like, uh, and Kyrie uh, was able to kind of play at the end. So, but yeah, I think that's the only way if, if we can kind of trade Russ to OKC, which I think somewhere some Western Conference exec said that he, they think Russ is going to OKC. To me, that makes the most sense. Like, I think that's where you can still sell the story, right? Like wherever Westbrook goes, there's at least I mean, the story of, of him reuniting with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn is delightful. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how him Katie with feels. Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant is just about the funniest thing you could script. I mean, it has to be sold from Russell Westbrook's side. I mean, there has to be a story on his end. Sure, um, sure. But I think the I think OKC. But yeah, that would be. I mean, it's content. not like he has a no trade clause, right? No, no, yeah. no. So does. we don't need to sell Russell Westbrook on the destination at all. You can do whatever you want with him. The Lakers take care of their stars. Russell Westbrook, not exactly a star anymore. That's fair. Yeah, but I think that's the only that's the only way. Uh, but again, like the the depth to me. Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre, that doesn't excite, like, I get that's depth in a sense, but I mean, like, an overpaid Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, who has his injury concerns, and then you're like, you can get Kyrie Irving, I'm like, oh, like, that makes my eyes perk up, but uh, but I understand the other side of it as well, I just, it's not realistic for sure, I, I don't think it's actually happening, but, I don't think it's happening, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's fun to, it's fun to imagine these, these things. Yeah, it's, it's just about the most exciting thing I think that's going to happen with the Lakers this offseason, because, I keep holding on to the hope that Russell Westbrook is going to get moved, but I, I'm just getting less and less uh, oh, really? positive about that prospect. Um, I don't, I don't want to be like pessimistic, but I'm mentally like preparing myself now for the prospect of Russell Westbrook being on the roster when the season starts. Uh, just, just cause I think it's going to take a very long time for me to get into the headspace. <laughs> Uh, but as, as long as we're here, this is the day before the draft. I don't really want to talk about Russ Westbrook. The Lakers have no picks tomorrow, right? Uh, but there's been tons of smoke about them buying into the second round. They've been working out as many players, right. I would imagine, as any other team in the league that has picks. <laughs> how, do you, how do you see tomorrow going for the Lakers? I definitely think they buy into the second round. That's been reported um, reported out there a lot that they, they would like to buy in. I would hope so. I think their last 
second round pick they bought uh, was like three years ago. And THT the last in 2019. Tra- yeah. yeah. So THT is the only draft pick left from them, which I think that's a problem, especially when you don't have a lot of resources to add talent in the way that they do so well in the draft. It'd be nice to have a few more Austin Reeves or whoever you can kind of draft there. So I think they do buy in. I don't think Westbrook is being traded tomorrow, though. Like, I don't see that. He hasn't even opted in yet. (laughs) Yeah, so he's not even – technically, he's not even on the team yet. You can can, uh, agree in principle to a deal. He's just being as annoying as possible and delaying the dates (laughs) that he can't get traded. Yeah, so I don't think they'll – are you high on Jeremy Grant? Like, are are, I I see – he's more polarizing than I think I thought he was. I like Jeremy Grant a lot. He had a nice playoff series against us, right? He had nice playoffs that year in the bubble. I he think was he's great. Been, I think he's been cashing in on that like reputation for quite a while, actually. <laughs> um, a little bit longer than he should be. But, you know, he's a adequate defender, shoots well. I mean, I, I think the value that they got in the Portland trade makes a lot of sense, honestly. I think really? the, the price that had been um, advertised for him earlier around the trade deadline, you know, like the multiple first rounders or a first rounder and a young player. Uh-huh. I thought that was exorbitant. So the value that he has that Detroit gave him up for in that trade, I think makes a lot of sense to me. I think he's a good player. He's better than like, you know, Mo Harkless and Alfa Camino. So that's going to be great in Portland, but yeah, I, I don't think he's like a needle mover kind of guy, but you definitely need guys like him in the playoffs. Yeah. Like to me, I think that Denver series was a lot closer than people remember. It Absolutely. Ended- it ended in five, but I mean, an 80 game, game two winner has missed. the shot game four. LeBron goes berserk in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, ex- exactly. And to me, he defended AD and LeBron as well as you could, mm-hmm. like how great those two were playing together. Like he was their best defender. I mean, it was him and Jokic as your back line. I mean, it's like, it was, he was awesome. I don't know. I thought there would be much more of a market, I guess. Like I understand Jeremy Grant as your one or even your two is very questionable. Serena, I just watched Andrew Wiggins, like, you know, get put in finals MVP conversations because he got to a good team, great culture, a buy-in from the star, from superstars that demand it. Jeremy Grant, I mean, I'm not calling him Andrew Wiggins because Andrew Wiggins has moved up, I guess, a level and tier of player, however you want to say mm-hmm. it. But I mean, Jeremy Grant has that type of talent. He was hitting open shots. He was creating an isolations against LeBron James, against Anthony Davis, who were on him in that playoff series. I know that was two years ago. And I've haven't watched much of him in Detroit, to be honest. Uh, but, I think uh, Wiggs is a better defender than Jeremy Grant. Okay, but he wasn't that in Minnesota, though. Like, they no, he wasn't no. seen that way at all in Minnesota, right? Like, but he definitely has more athleticism than Jeremy Grant has. Okay. More functional Grant athleticism, was, I think. But Grant was an incredible, like, help, de- help defender. Like, people forget OKC, too. It was him, Paul George, and Russ, and he was just incredible in the that back OKC there. was was pretty good, actually. Um, I, I forgot about that that little stretch with the thunder, but I don't know. I mean, you play somewhere like on a bad team for long enough and the losing habits start to trickle in, you know, um, I, I yeah, don't I think just... Grant is anything. You're, you're right. Actually, the Wiggins comparison is actually quite apt. He was traded with the first round pick. Remember? Right. Yes. <laughs> like that's where his value was. <laughs> so if we're going to assign Jeremy Grant on that same level, like I think, I think it's about right, you know, considering how Wiggins was valued by the league before he got to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I just like, I, like you put Jeremy Grant on this Laker team, forget Russ on the team, but LeBron, AD, Jeremy Grant, that's a hell of athleticism. You Is know, that Jer- big three the best offensive big three? <laughs> no, it's not. But he's an incredible three to me to have based on the resources that we'd have. I like, I think they denied our THT none first at mm-hmm. the deadline. I believe, I think that was kind of reported out there, but 
but uh yeah like i, I would have loved jeremy grant he's now going to go to portland um they're also going for og which is you know a little, a little different uh but yeah, i would, I would have liked to me like grant. detroit likes their young players and they don't want to like, crowd their young core right now which is a weird decision to make honestly <laughs> when you're as bad as the pistons are but like even the pick that they got is three years out right so it seems like they're content with this core of like Cade and Stewart and the pick that they're going to get this year. And God, I don't even know who else is on their team, like Killian Hayes or uh, Marvin Bagley, what, whatever. But I'm not here to, you know, discuss the so deep on the Pistons. Front office. <laughs> Although clearly I have thoughts. Uh, I, I've completely lost the train of where I was trying to get, take this conversation. <laughs> Uh, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, obviously the Lakers need wings. I can understand why that THG none first round package wasn't considered appetizing to the Pistons back at the trade deadline. Um, I do think that it has set the market at a very interesting place, you know, where maybe, um, you don't need like high firsts or like unprotected firsts to get things done. Uh, which is great because maybe the Lakers could actually put some protections on that 2027 or 2029 pick. But yeah, I, in general, like I've been a little sticker shocked by some of the trades that have taken place in recent off seasons, just the amount of draft capital that has gone in these directions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So to recalibrate the market, like for a good player, like Jeremy Grant for just one regular first rounder, I think is a very good place for the Lakers to be. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. I mean, even some of the deals in season kind of like, I mean, the Norm Powell and Robert Covington for Eric Bledsoe and uh, Keon Johnson, I think one first round pick. I mean, that's an absurd. That's also a good way of setting the market. <laughs> <laughs> like that's an, that's an absurd trade to me. I, I think it worked out for Portland. I think this was kind of their plan to kind of have cap space to be able to make this kind of deal. We'll see if Detroit, you know, sends an offer sheet at DeAndre Ayton. And if the Suns, to me, make a mistake by not just letting the number one pick of a few years ago walk for nothing. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, th- I think the Lakers can make some deals here. I, I hope that once they can buy in the second round and, and find some talent there, hopefully those guys, you know, play in summer league and, and kind of can build their name up like who's and them did uh, a few years ago. Here, Austin's not playing summer league, which is disappointing. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Someone else has a chance for MVP now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I'm so bummed by the fact I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned that the Lakers only have one draft pick on their roster. Like we just watched the finals with two teams that had seven and eight guys that they had homegrown drafted. Yeah. Forget the obvious like ease of team building, you know, that it helps when you have your own draft picks. Like that's, that's uh-huh. good just for like actual talent purposes, but just people to invest in, you know, emotionally. I wish I had more of those. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm not saying here. I just wish we had more. <laughs> yeah, obviously you don't want to say positive things about the Celtics, but I've always felt some kind of like you know, uh, like I wish I could have felt a little bit of that. I mean, Brandon Ingram, I thought I was getting attached to. I, I thought I have an Ingram great. jersey. It was a poor purchase. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel like we I grew up like with Brandon Ingram, kind of seeing him in the league, and 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 then it was just it was over. And I was Anthony Davis, which I was glad about, but I mean, it's it was done. We had Brandon Ingram for three years. That's it. Yes. We had KCP for longer than that. <laughs> and this is not okay. to make any jokes at KCP's friends. Lord knows. I love Kentavious Caldwell Pope. But just to think that, like, 
that's all that we've gotten with some of these Lakers young players, right? Like we got Julius Randle for four, I guess, but it didn't really feel like four because he sat the entire first year, you know? Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, and, and, you know, KCP got better here, but KCP he did get was, better here, but he was still like kind of a known player when he got here. Like I felt like we KCP, had him from like 23 to 27. That's like good prime years. You know, that's like if you had drafted is- a four-year college guy and brought him <laughs> onto your team and kept him for four years, that's how I felt about KCP. <laughs> Sure, but like Brandon Ingram looked like he was learning to like walk when he got on the lake. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Luke Walton put the ball in his hands and it was turnovers and all the shots he's making now. He was missing in like in in our in his. That's years why you years. let them develop. <laughs> all the fruits of that went to New Orleans, but but still, but, but still yeah. So it would have been nice to kind of uh, maybe these second rounders are what those are. Maybe tomorrow we get some second rounders. Uh, they stay on the team for longer than than two years or what or whatever it is i think it's more likely that we find another undrafted guy turn him into a two-way and that's how we we keep guys on the team like i mean that's how we kept alex caruso right that was four years of alex caruso two on south bay or two as a two-way and then two on the lakers i forgot about caruso, another another man. four-year laker <laughs> <laughs> that's where we max out lebron's gonna pass four years you know knock yeah. on wood assuming something um, disastrous yeah. doesn't happen this offseason <laughs> Yeah, the Warriors just won the title. I think they had like a $350 million tax bill. Didn't blink. They have GP2, same thing like Caruso, about to get paid where, by them. Where did, where did GP2 start his G League career? Is there... <laughs> Has he played NBA minutes in Los Angeles before? Is that a thing? <laughs> they all start here. They all start here. They come out. Um, David Nawaba as well. I think he's still. I don't think Nawaba is in the league. Oh, he? No, he's not. Okay. I was he might high be on the Rockets. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. But he had like a fine time on the Bulls. I think, I think he was like a good mm-hmm. player there. But anyway, not the point though. But I mean, like, it'd be nice to keep some of the, you know, fines, the fines of the draft of our draft people. Like, it'd be nice to kind of keep some of those talents. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting to get into the second round. I'm rooting to find some, some young talent here. Because, like you said, this is among the things the Lakers do best is scout and develop young players. And it's unfair to say that all of the development that the Lakers young guys achieved happened away from the Lakers. I just don't think that's factually correct. I mean, we saw like Brandon Ingram figuring out how to become a ball handler in Los Angeles. And obviously it like took on a much sharper course of development when he got to new Orleans, but he had a lot more responsibility there. Yeah. Um, And I think even like Lonzo, a lot of that defense started in Los Angeles. So uh, it would be nice to just replenish the cupboard with some, some nice young players who we can grow attached to and bemoan the fact when they get traded away in salary dumps later on in their career. I'm shocked. Lonzo on a good team was amazing. I'm shocked at that. Lonzo, Lonzo on a good team on was a, so it was, good. it was incredible. Absolutely. And shocked. the team fell apart when Lonzo got hurt. <laughs> when Lonzo and Caruso got hurt. Oh, those stupid oh, bulls. <laughs> They stole our backcourt is how I feel. They just oh stole our, our defensive backcourt. signed backcourt. a couple other USC products, you know, just to make it hurt a little bit more. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can tell I really know nothing about the NBA draft because we haven't even discussed the name of a single player who the Lakers could possibly select tomorrow, but that's fine. That's what the Lakers scouting department is for. If you want to read about the players that the Lakers have worked out, uh, that is all on silverscreenroll.com. I'm only really familiar with the fact that they worked out Sharif O'Neal, who I do not expect to be a Laker tomorrow. That doesn't seem like something that's going to happen. Um, Raj, do you have your eyes on any draft players or you're not really a, a draft guy? 
Definitely not a draft guy. I, I credit to all the people who are able to somehow follow the NBA and also know every person that's coming into the draft. I think that's incredible. Um, but no, I, I leave that to people who do who do, who do that work. They yeah, do Anthony uh, just spoke with Ricky O'Donnell, uh, also of SB Nation, on the Anthony Irwin show yesterday on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, that's a good uh, little dive into some of the players who could be in the Lakers range or when I say range I mean if they buy into the second round or some undrafted guys that could potentially end up on the Lakers but yeah I just I hope that we get just like a little bit a little bit of young kiddos to fall in love with again because my goodness nobody hypes up young prospects like the Lakers fan base we do it right (laughs) but we're right most of the time like a lot of the time we're right that's correct (laughs) We were like, Lonzo's great. They're like, he shoots 20% from three. It doesn't it's matter. Coming. Like, It's coming. <laughs> he was so good. Yeah, I, just, I want so... a summer league team with some real people to root for. I always get super excited about summer league players. And uh, it would be nice if the Lakers actually had players under contract in summer league so that they could stick around and just let us have our hearts broken later all over again. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I went last year, got to see Austin Reeves up close. Uh, did you totally know then? Honestly, I didn't. Very different. I saw like the talent. Like he he was a lot more shy in summer league, which is kind mm-hmm. of weird. But he was just a. I think summer league is just a different environment. But uh, Mac McClung definitely was an aggressive player there, and I think he had a good year for our, for the G League as well. But yeah, I hope. Uh, I think to me, I think there's a real gap between like a second rounder and like an undrafted guy. Like I think that matters. Teams, you know, fight for the right to have draft picks. It'd be nice for our scouting department to have one, to not look just in the undrafted pool. They can look in the undrafted pool and find players from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think you're hurting your uh, your chances, your resources. Or the Lakers, like you should be able to buy picks every year. Like that, that's something that should be consistent. That's uh, not something that where you, where, uh, you just give up because you don't have one through the year. So hopefully, yeah, we'll buy well, a few. hopefully this is the last draft we're talking about in the near future where the Lakers don't have any picks. Um, not that I don't expect them to be working to improve the team going forward. And obviously yeah. part of that means that they will be trading away draft picks, but God, even like giving away all the seconds, like that's so unnecessary. <laughs> I just want some picks. <laughs> Let me look at some range of the draft and be like, those are the guys I want from 40 to 45. But Hey, you should get one tomorrow. Should have at least one pick. I, I expect somebody to be uh you know, walking across the stage with the Lakers moniker, you know, underneath, <laughs> even though they will not be allowed to wear Laker happiness, no. the deal will not become official until like July 6th or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> which is a ridiculous rule. They should it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. DeAndre Hunter walking with a number four uh, with a Laker hat. I yeah. Think, every, uh, I mean, everybody knew. <laughs> we all knew that that was not a Laker right there. <laughs> Why do you make him wear that? Why do you have to ask him about potentially playing for the Lakers? Like, oh, God. We need to improve NBA draft coverage. Society has advanced past the need for trades to become official before you can talk about them. You know, you are a TV partner of the NBA. You're not the NBA itself. You could ask about the teams that they are going to play for. I think they told Woj and like Shams to not like be on pick 25 or they're on four, right? I think that was something that they told them uh, a couple years ago. I don't think they're as ahead as they used to be, but uh, the draft is interesting. For yeah, sure. I, I prefer to stay off Twitter during the draft. I just like to watch, you know, the guys be surprised even though they've gotten the call you know like minutes ahead that they're going to be taking to <laughs> the purity of the nba draft experience has been tainted but hey maybe that's why the lakers are not a part of it <laughs> they will be they will be anyway this has been i love basketball make sure you're subscribed to the silver screen roll podcast network for shows about the lakers every single day of the week 
Anthony and somebody will be back tomorrow to talk about presumably who the Lakers have selected or not selected. Should they choose to opt out of this draft? But either way, make sure you're listening to our show so you can find out just exactly what's going on. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.